When a young boy is relaxing by a pool, he has no idea he's about to fall into an alternate universe. You thought I was going to say just fall into the pool. There's nothing paranormal about that. Unless he turned into a ghost. He drowned and turned into a ghost. And then we meet a young couple who are out on a vacation, trying to enjoy some time together. But by the end of the vacation, an explosive argument fueled with alcohol will turn one of them into a believer in life after death. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys had an awesome weekend. I hope you guys did some really cool stuff. We got a lot of stuff to cover today, so first off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now is one of our legacy Patreon supporters. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for Blue Synth. Woohoo! Yeah! Wee's coming on in playing a synth instrument. Isn't that like a keyboard or something? Blue Synth, I don't know what he's doing. He's just kind of standing there in the corner all creepy. Blue Synth, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. It just help spread the word about the show. That helps out so much. Another way you can help out is I was actually just interviewed on the Paranormal Encounters podcast. And I'll put that episode in the show notes. It was a really fun interview. It was a really fun interview with another paranormal researcher. It's a great show. It's a super spooky intro. I actually tried listening to the first episode the other day, and I was like, oh, it's too scary. But it was a great interview. A a lot of fun, a great interview. I'm going to put that episode in the show notes. That's another way you can help support Dead Rabbit Radio is by supporting other people in the paranormal community. So give that podcast a listen. And we only got three episodes left of season 20, so it might be another podcast for you to listen to during my two-and-a-half-week break because I will be in Seaside, Oregon for the Oregon Ghost Conference. And I'm going to have a lot of fun there. She's actually going to be there as well as a presenter. So check out that podcast. Maybe I'll even be able to see you guys in Seaside, Oregon. But let's go ahead and get this episode. And the the podcast will be in the show notes as well. You can click on all those links. Let's go ahead and get this episode started. Blue Synth. I'm going to toss you the hair hang glider. Let's jump off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Command. Glide us all the way out to South Africa. We're going to go to South Africa. This story takes place back around the years of 1997-1998. The guy who wrote this, he didn't give his name. We're going to call him Tommy. He was eight years old at the time, and he goes, I don't remember the exact year that it happened, but I do remember exactly what happened. This would be hard to forget. (laughs) Sorry I didn't look at the calendar as I was experiencing this event. But between the years of 1997-1998, Tommy's at a pool. And he's sitting there, and his feet are just kind of dangling in the water. Just enjoying the sun, right? Oh, man, this feels so good, beaming down on my body. I don't know if he was giving a monologue. I don't know if he was like, oh, the sun kissed my skin. Anyways, he might have been, though. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Again, it's not a point. Not a point story. Jason, you only got three episodes left to keep it together. Tommy is sitting there with his legs dangling in the water. And all of a sudden, and I don't even think it's all of a sudden, right? Imagine you're sitting by the side of the pool. Imagine we are all Tommy. And we're sitting there. (laughs) We're all blind pinball players. That's a trippy movie. Keep it together, Jason. We're all sitting by... 
We're all sitting by the side of a pool with our legs dangling in the water. Maybe you're doing that right now as you're listening to this podcast. I don't think it was all of a sudden, but something caught his eye. And Tommy looked down. And his right leg was gone. Not like a shark ate it. Not a bloody stump. Just isn't there. And he can't feel it either. He has no sensation below the waist of where his right leg should be. There's no right leg. He can see the curb of the pool. What's that thing called? Like the the brick ceramic stuff surrounding the pool. He can look right through where his leg should be. I guess you should say he had two legs when he showed up. So not a, this is unusual. Okay. This wasn't, he wasn't like, oh yes, here it is. I only have one leg, but now I realize it. No, he had two legs when he was walking when he woke up that morning when he went to the pool when he was dangling his legs down but now he only has one leg and he couldn't feel it either and it was interesting people you people whenever someone posts something it's not the end of the story but i want to say this whenever people post stuff online the debunkers come out crawling and i have no problem with debunking but I think one thing that most debunkers miss is they don't ask a lot of follow-up questions. They just read and go, this is the it. This is it. Apparently, there's a type of migraine that can... It's called like a visual migraine. It can cause hallucinations like that. But again, a couple of people posted that. But I don't think they read the whole story because what happens is... Tommy looks down, he doesn't see his leg. He can't feel his leg either. He reaches down with his arm, he still can't feel his leg. So I don't know what type of hallucinations most people have, but generally when matter meets matter, he should at least feel it. He should feel like the predator's leg in front of him. Like he can't see it, but his, his hand is like touching it and stuff like that. No, his hand is reaching down to the curb of the pool. And then to top it all off. So let's say you could hallucinate that. <laughs> right now you're totally tripping on LSD. You're like, dude, I'm hallucinating a lot of stuff. I've walked through four walls just this morning. Let's say you could hallucinate your hand going through your leg. Tommy starts freaking out. Tommy's like, oh, no, no, my leg, my leg. And he stands up because he's so panicked. And he falls over. Because he only has one leg. His right leg is gone. And he's screaming at the top of his lungs. And his mom runs out and she sees him flailing on the ground going, Mom, Mom, my right leg, it's gone, it's gone. And the mom starts laughing hysterically. Because what she sees is her eight-year-old son with two legs flailing around on the ground going, My leg's missing, my leg's missing. Now here's the thing, I'm not a parent. <laughs> it might be kind of funny to see that actually be pretty funny i'd also be super concerned if i came outside and my kid was flopping around on the ground in the midst of some sort of mind-altering hallucination he's like oh, i have no limbs and i'm just a fish don't touch me i'll turn into a fish stick like that would be funny initially but then i'd be like, I'd be like nobody touch him nobody touch him he might, he might be turning into a fish stick i'd, I'd call an ambulance I also probably, that's probably an overreaction. I guess there's in between laughing at your kid, freaking out and calling an ambulance. There's somewhere in between. But 
He said that when his mom came out, he all of a sudden had both of his legs back. And he's never really been able to explain this. He's never been able to figure this out. He doesn't know what it is. A lot of people said, oh, it's a visual... It's a visual migraine. And I kind of looked that up. Like, you can have a migraine that does affect the way you see things. And apparently it can affect a part of your body. And I would say even if the visual hallucination, the visual migraine caused him not to notice that his leg was still there, when he felt it, okay, it, it couldn't feel it. Like, he couldn't feel it. The visual migraine's like, aha, you cannot trick me. I am the migraine. I will also make it so your hand somehow goes right through your leg. And then also making him fall over. I guess that would be the, <laughs> I guess that would be the easiest part. But he gets up, he fell over. For all intents and purposes, he had no leg. And the question is, was this, was this totally explainable? Or did he travel to an alternate universe where he didn't have a right leg? Or who I mean, like who knows? The thing I like about these types of stories is you can verify, you can verify certain details about it. He posted online, he uses the username EntireFootball1499. I have no idea what that means, but... Um, he only posts... It's weird. This is what I love about this type of stuff. He posts this story that's absolutely bizarre, and then everything else he talks about is about... It's so weird. Tesla charging stations. Apparently, there's a whole community about taking photographs and discussing charging stations for Tesla cars. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? That sounds even weirder than the first story. It sounds like a weird subculture. But what, to me, it means, like again, like if someone out of the blue tells you a crazy story and then you're like, oh, do you ever see anything else paranormal? And they go, no. Just that one time I lost my leg for five minutes and then it came back. To me, that does to me there that does make it more believable. And it's funny, coming from me who's had tons of crazy ghost stories and stories with demons and stuff like that, I it's weird because you go, Well, Jason, you always have like these once in a lifetime stories. My defense is, well, I know I'm telling the truth. But secondly, my stories very rarely have conclusions. Some may call them some may call them unsatisfying from beginning to end. Or the beginning's fun and then they how does it end? And I go, well, it just stopped happening. What? There's no like dramatic conclusion. You're not in a church holding up a crucifix. The Lucifer's like, oh, my only weakness. So the question, I, 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 there might be a mental component to this, but if it's not, and I don't believe that it is, it's a like, how would you factor this in? Like, it's just a paranormal, and, and you think about, very, very simple story, eight-year-old boy at the side of a pool, his leg's missing. He gets up, he falls down, his leg comes back. Imagine you're driving a car down the road. And your leg missed. You're like, your leg falls off. Or it just never existed in the first place. And you're like, what, what? And it's the leg to hit the brake pedal. You're like, ah! And then you crash. You cause this huge pile up. And then you get both legs back, but you're dead. And then the officers, police officers show up. And as they're inspecting the scene, they're like, this, this accident was clearly caused by a man with only one leg. I've been working for this department for a long time. But clearly... This driver had two legs when he caused this 52-car pileup. It's a mystery, sir. It's a mystery. <laughs> it's possible, right? Like, you think about 
How many times, let's say we go, how did that guy fall off that building? He, we know he didn't commit suicide, um, but how did he fall off? Well, maybe he was walking on the edge of the building. <laughs> He's being a big show off. He's like, look at me, everybody. I'm walking on the edge of this building. And then all of a sudden, one of his legs disappeared and he fell off the building. Those might seem like dramatic examples, sure. But I wonder how many times losing a limb and then causing some sort of horrific accident, other than just falling by the side of the pool, and, you know, it's so funny, I just imagine everyone who went and listened to this Paranormal Encounters podcast, they're like, oh, that's a pretty good interview, I want to check out that podcast at Rabbit Radio, and they're like, what is this nonsense? What's he talking about? A guy walking on the edge of a building loses a leg, and then when he lands on the ground, he has two legs again? Maybe. Maybe when we look at these stories, we're like, dude, how did this accident happen? You should ask him. You should ask, well, maybe one of their limbs came off and then popped back on. And they're like, what are you talking I've always thought, you know, it would be fun just to be a detective, to be like a homicide detective. And whenever I think about that, I immediately remind myself, Jason, you are so paranoid and you're such a contrarian that you'd be the worst. You'd be the worst detective. They'd be like, obviously, this guy shot this person. This guy's confessed to it. Here's a photograph of him shooting that person. I was like, but did he have both arms when he shot the gun? <laughs> what are you talking about? Why do you keep bringing up people losing limbs, dude? He just admitted to it. I was like, maybe another mouth manifested on him. I would be a terrible cop. I'd be entertaining. It would be the best courtrooms to go into. But um, yeah, so who knows? Who knows? Who knows what may disappear next? Wouldn't that be crazy? You're in a plane and you see the pilot being like, hey, everyone, we're going to have a good flight. <laughs> I, got, I got both my arms. We're like, what? That's a weird thing for a pilot to say. He's, <laughs> he's walking into the cabin. He's clapping to prove that he has both arms. And we're like, what? That's kind of weird. And then they shut the cabin door. And then all of a sudden the plane takes off and you hear the captain go, uh, uh-oh. I'm like, what? That's a pretty thin, that's a pretty thin door. If we can hear him talking through it, we're flying in a biplane. We're flying in the Red Baron's biplane. Both of his arms disappeared mid-flight, and the plane crashes. No survivors. And the, the investigators are like, we don't know what caused this. Everybody, everybody on this plane has all their arms. What could have possibly caused this plane to crash? Simple story. And terrifying possibilities. <laughs> those, those are not possibilities. Those are just crazy things you're saying. Okay, Blue Synth, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the world. Famous Carpenter Copter, we are leaving behind the wreckage of this aircraft. Take us all the way out to a house in the suburbs. <laughs> the year is 2021. And we're sitting outside of this house, and we see a young couple packing their stuff up to go on vacation. We have, these are not their real names. We have Samantha, she's 22 years old, and then her 24-year-old boyfriend, Michael. And they're carrying out their luggage, setting it in the backseat of their car, and locking up the house. They're like, bye house, see you later. And then they get in their car, and they drive off to their vacation destination. Now... They'd been on and off for about six months. So it's not the most perfect relationship. On and off six months. 
But they've decided, you know, let's go on vacation. Like, that will definitely be a break for both of us. We'll have a good time. But all of the flaws in the relationship come to a head towards the end of this vacation when Michael begins to just get super drunk and becomes abusive. Becomes abusive towards Samantha. And this story, we don't get a ton of details with this story. It's actually told from the point of view of Samantha. She just says that he became drunk and abusive. I don't know if, like, that was something that was going on previous to the relationship, if that's why things are kind of on and off. Or just if out of the blue, like, this was the first time she saw how bad his alcohol issues were. Or if he had been abusive prior to this. We don't know any of this, but this is when it all came to a head. When they're on vacation, he's getting super drunk. Things are getting bad. And then he begins to threaten to kill himself. He's talking about killing himself. Again, we don't know if this is new behavior for him. But he's talking about killing himself. And Samantha is telling him, don't do it. Don't kill yourself. Please don't kill yourself. And while she's trying to talk him out of killing himself, he does it. He takes his own life right in front of Samantha. Which would be tragic for anybody to see. I imagine there's different levels of it. If you knew the person, if you were in a relationship with the person, like all of these things. I'm not saying it's super pleasant if you're a 911 operator and you hear it happen over the phone. But there would be different if it was somebody you knew. Somebody you loved. She sees the... And of course, like, being there, too. Like, we're adding all of this stuff on it. Like, you're in the room with them, and you're trying to talk him out of it. But he ends up killing himself right in front of her. And there's this moment where just everything... Like, you would just... You would immediately go into shock. But at the same time, there's hope. Right? You think, like, maybe if I get medical attention here quick enough. And she runs to the phone, and she dials 911... And the phone rings, and she turns back to see Michael's body laying on the floor as the 911 operator is picking up. And what she sees is... Standing over Michael's body is Michael. She sees Michael looking down at his own body and on his face, on the the spirit's face, she sees a look of shock, regret, and sadness. She just sees all of these emotions right on Michael's face as he's looking down at his lifeless body, and as Samantha was looking at Michael, the spirit just vanished. And all that she was left in the room with was Michael's corpse. And it's creepy, right? And it would, like, that's a story that would 100% make you believe in the world of the paranormal that there is life after death, but you're realizing it in the worst of ways. Like you're actively seeing somebody die and by their own hand, it would be chilling to watch somebody die by an accident, right? They get run over by a car and then you see their spirit looking 
down at their body. Well, actually, it's funny that I brought that up as an example. I saw something similar to that. I'll put that episode in the show notes. I talked about that, right? I talked about the car crash. I'm sure I know I talked about that on the show. Let's just have to go find the episode. But it's the immediacy of that spirit. As opposed to the ghost walking down the hallway dressed in the elegant 19th century clothing. Those are like the clean ghost stories. Those are the very um, sanitized ghost stories that are out there. But these are the ghost stories. These are the stories that impact people like immediately. And they're terrifying. Like that would be really hard to reconcile, uh, you know, to see something like that. Again, outside of all the human emotions. Outside of all of the real world stuff. Now we have the world of the paranormal on top of that and seeing that look of shock regret and sadness and i think that i don't want to say the perfect combination because that kind of makes it a little tacky but you know what i mean like those would be the three emotions that i imagine someone would feel when they stepped off of the golden gate bridge or you know took the razor blade across them i think that once that settled in they'd be like oh that wasn't that wasn't smart terrifying story terrifying real life I, I this is one of those people that they immediately deleted their account they posted this they deleted their account i wasn't able to do any follow-up on this that they don't exist anymore um but yeah it's a, just a terrifying story of a ghost an immediate ghost you don't see a ton of those in the world of the paranormal they do happen they're more common than fat ghosts, which is what I'll be talking about at the Seaside Conference. They do happen, but not exceedingly rare. A lot of times there's this idea that somebody dies and then they have to harness energy from the area that they're at. Either the natural psychic energy in the area or they're leeching off people in the area. Or it takes a bit of time for the ghost to be able to manifest, to become a full body apparition, which those are exceedingly rare. Usually it starts off by scents and smells and things like that. This is a ghost that's created immediately because the raw emotional energy he generated. Like that was all of it. Like everything that he created right there and causing his own death allowed him to immediately manifest as a ghost while the 911 call is being placed. And then he vanished. You know, I hope he's in a better place. I hope he's in more at peace, you know, where he's at. I hope that that regret and sadness and shock, he's like, well, I can't do anything about that now. And he's made peace with himself. But it's a terrifying story. Honestly, it's kind of a downer way to end a Monday's episode. Um, so I'm going to talk about something else real quick. Blue synth, keep flying us around in this carpenter copter. <laughs> Jason, I'm super depressed. Come on, bro. I'm all tickling you. I'm like, no, no, come on. I want to tell you something crazy. Something crazy did happen to me a couple days ago. So I was going to do this segment on, I have this Joe Biden deep fake speech where Joe Biden's like, hey, everybody, it's me, President Biden. And aliens, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, the deep fake sounds more like Joe Biden than I do. The aliens, they're coming. They're coming and they're going to, invade to be be safe be safe and i go oh dude this is super dope like i'll play the clip for you 
I'll play the actual real clip for you. Ladies and gentlemen, as the Commander-in-Chief of the United States Joint Forces, I am here today to inform you that a number of unidentified flying objects have appeared over many parts of our country. Though their exact origin remains to be fully determined, the FBI has informed me that it is very likely that these are visitors of extraterrestrial nature. I advise the American people to remain calm, not fall into panic, and wait for further announcements. We shall overcome this threat with confidence and vigilance. May God protect our souls. And I was like, oh, this is going to be dope. I am going to... <laughs> I'm still thinking about this guy killing himself. I'm sorry. Just, just stay with me. So listen, I can end the episode right there. The episode is going to be super short. It's going to be super depressing. I know this is a whiplash. So you're like, oh my God, not only is that the most depressing story, but his Joe Biden impersonation makes me think he has brain damage. That's not, that's not even close to Joe Biden. There's no one who sounds like that. Listen to me, I'm Joe Biden. Joe Biden, they did a deep fake of Joe Biden talking about aliens. And I go, oh, dude, this is super dope. I'm going to do a segment on this. I'm going to do a segment on the dangers of AI. And in the back of my head, I thought, we've talked about this a couple times, the dangers of AI, how stuff, how people are going to use this. We've talked about it a couple times. Like, I don't want to be dead horse, even if it is CGI horse. I go, but you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a fake announcement. I'm going to insert it into the episode randomly. So it'll sound like an emergency announcement coming over the radio. It was going to have the emergency broadcast system tone on it. And I did it. It sounded dope. I made like a really cool emergency broadcast system thing. And then like this voice jumps in and it's like, this is NORAD or like, this is from the government. We've detected multiple UFOs coming down or whatever it was. Right. And then I had this clip from Joe Biden. And I was like, dude, this is dope. And then I went and I talked for 10 minutes about the dangers of AI. And I was like, oh, that's a little too long. Talked about it before. Anyways, this was supposed to be on last Thursday's episode. And I was like, I was super proud of my little fake emergency broadcast system thing. I was playing it for people. I was like, dude, you should check this out. Look, look what I spent the last hour doing. They're like, shouldn't you been doing research? Yeah, this is more fun. I was playing it for people. The whole deal. And it's so funny because I was like, okay, I, I did this and then I wanted to give credit to all the people that I got sounds from and stuff like that. And as I was doing that, I found out that that you, that it is extremely illegal to do the emergency broadcast system. Did you know that? Did you know that you can't use a federal alert? Oh, the powers that be to trying to crush the little man. Apparently, had I included that clip on Thursday's episode, and if anyone had found out about it, when I say anyone, I mean the FCC, it would have been a minimum of a $100,000 fine. There have been movies that have used those in commercials, those emergency alert system in commercials, half a million dollar fine. It was Olympus has fallen. They used it. They got like a half a million dollar fine. It is illegal to use the emergency broadcast system tone. <laughs> I make it sound like Frankenstein's waking from his tomb, but it's illegal. 
It's absolutely illegal. You go, Jason, well, I've seen stuff on YouTube that has like the fake signals and stuff like that. Well, so on YouTube, it's a little bit different because they can argue that this is like artistic license. But really, I think it's that the FCC hasn't found those videos yet. Because one, it's illegal to use it for two reasons. One, one again, one, this is a sub part of the original one, is that it's, it causes what's known as emergency signal fatigue. So imagine if it wasn't illegal to use. <laughs> they're watching television and they're like, uh, uh, uh. try our new cereal. Like you would be, it would, it would draw your attention every single time. And it was a commercial for like Cocoa Puffs. So they have like the cuckoo bird running around and he's like, get, get in your bomb shelter, get in your bomb shelter. And the kids are on the bomb shelter and he's like, and now eat Cocoa Puffs forever. And they're like, nom, nom, nom. They said, you can't use it. You can't use it because it would cause fatigue. If you heard that sound willy-nilly when it was really happening, when there was like a bomb coming or Godzilla, you would just be like, oh, it's probably just that stupid Cocoa Puffs commercial. <laughs> Zombies are eating your brains. You're like, oh, I should have paid attention. They said it causes emergency signal fatigue. The second thing is that apparently, and I didn't know this, that uh, 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 and, and I think that might be illegal too. I don't know if I'm even allowed to make the noises because I was like, oh my goodness, this is super strict. Those have a code in them. Those, uh, 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 that there's a code in them that if you played it, if I put this podcast out and you happen to be listening to your podcast on a television, it can inadvertently, there's a code in that that will send it out to other televisions. You're like, Jason, now you're just making stuff up. I will, I will admit that maybe it was poorly researched. It may not be the podcast through television, but apparently that signal has a code in it. So other things that can receive broadcasts in the area can pick up the signal. And the reason why is that imagine there's been a nuclear strike in one part of the country and that signal goes out, and then there's other broadcast towers that are down, the signal can still travel from TV to TV. It's basically the ring video, but it's telling you that a nuke is headed your way. Now, I will admit that that doesn't sound true. I will admit that that sounds weird. You're like, what? Jason, that's not how televisions work. Televisions don't broadcast signals to each other, and now that everything's digital... How would that even work? All I'm saying is that I created an awesome piece to put into an episode. And I couldn't. And I shouldn't. I realized, I was like, okay, I'm not going to take the chance that I'm going to get sued for $100,000. So I scrapped the whole, it was like a good like 20 minutes altogether. But again, I talked about it before. We've talked a lot about AI, the dangers of AI. And also it could have involved me being sued for $100,000. So that's a little... That was a little, that was a good diversion from the story about the guy killing himself and becoming a ghost, right? That was kind of sad. An awesome behind the scenes look at Dead Rabbit Radio. And a little bit of weird science. Is that true? Can a television talk to another television? Is there really a code in those annoying noises? Apparently, the eh, 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 has a date and a time. <laughs> like, Jason, where are you getting your info? There's not, there's no code in it. There's no code in it. Apparently, there's a date and a time 
in the uh, 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 and that's how they'll prevent other televisions from accidentally broadcasting it. Because the TV next to you will be like, nope, that's not today. But um, I'm not going to broadcast you. And then the other, the other, the other TV's all embarrassed. He's like, oh man, it was just me. It'd be like peeing your pants in middle school. You give out the emergency broadcast signal and it's not the real one. You'd be like, oh man, I'm so embarrassed. Apparently TVs can talk to each other and... They use this code doing it. So had I done, done that segment, I could have possibly, someone could have been like, ah, Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm President Joe Biden in it. And this Dead Rabbit Radio is my favorite podcast. They were like, sir, sir, it's really not that good. And he's like, get out of my way, Secret Service. This episode, I don't even know what it's about, but I'm going to watch it on my big screen TV. That's how much I love this podcast. And they're like, okay. And he plugs it in, and then they start playing the signal, and then all of a sudden, like, a bunch of nukes got launched. And he's like, oh, man, you had my favorite TV was in the middle of the Pentagon. And they're like, sir, we told- that's not a television, that's a supercomputer. What are you doing here? Why are you playing that podcast then? And as the nukes rained down on America, and everyone was killed in apocalyptic ash and fire, as people ran from the flames and... Children choked on the smoke. One thing would be known. Even though the world may now lay, <laughs> even though the world may now lay in rubble and civilization has been set back to the Stone Age, I think we all know that mankind will reclaim this planet. It may be with stone tools and big hairy hands, apparently. The nukes were so bad, we turned back to gorillas. We're like, oh, we didn't know this was going to happen. Oh, ooga booga. We turned into giant gorilla people. We're running around. I think. I have no idea where I'm going with this. I literally have no idea in the world where we're going with this giant ape people. Like, I'm just thinking of where this episode started. A kid with his feet dangling in the water, and now all of a sudden it's a nuclear apocalypse. And we're caveman again. I don't know where this is going, but I think that actually, I don't don't think I've ever known where this podcast is going from episode one till now, so. I know where it ends, definitely. And that's when I say DevRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at Facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. If this was your first episode, it's just more of the same. This wasn't an outlier. You're all like this. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to every episode, but I'm glad you listened to this one. Have a great day.